Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning, happy new year, and welcome to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe, with my trusty cohorts every Saturday morning, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco. Hi, hi. They call the goat, who's like in super chess mode. Super chess mode. Like Is he playing right now? He was playing this morning when I walked in. That's all he's <laughs> That's all he's talking about the last two days. King's Rook to King's to Queen's Bishop three, man. You almost sound like you know what you're doing. I've played chess for years, but I'm not good like that. I don't understand. I'm a very good uninformed player, but I'm now making myself an informed player. It's a it's a hard game. It's an easy game to learn, a hard game to master. No, no, no green screen today, no backdrop. I don't even know where it is, dude. It is, I mean, if nobody knows, we have a mega bash going on tonight for Abe's 50th birthday, but it's insanity oh, back here. I don't know where the green that. screen is. Who knows where they moved it? I looked for it. I couldn't find it. So, um, yeah, I'm slumming in the uh, in the back. Let's at, wait, let's at least I put something pretty back there. The garbage let's at least out of the trash can, yeah. I have no idea where the green screen is. It's insanity. There's, I mean, there's shit everywhere. Construction going on out front. I don't know. For a guy who doesn't like birthdays, this is going to be an event tonight. It's only, only the second party I've ever had in my whole life. Is that true? Yeah. I believe it. You didn't have birthday parties as a kid? Oh, wait, that's a stupid question. Yeah, it doesn't count. No, I mean, we really didn't. You know, I mean, I, culturally, you know, they didn't celebrate birthdays. Right. Up. You said that. I, I could see your dad. You know, said, like, so it was like another day go to work. We got a cake, and our two first cousins came over to the house, and that was kind of pretty much it. We got a little money, and that was our birthdays. So when I was 30, I actually threw my first party ever, and um, it was pretty epic, actually. Um, and what's funny was Brandy and I weren't dating at the time, and she blew me off that party. You told me this oh, so you mentioned this once before, yeah. Yeah, I called her up drunk. I'm like, where the hell are you? We weren't dating. You know, She was like one of my friends that I was you know, trying to date. But yeah, she blew me off. I still hold it against her, but I guess this was her way of making it up. So she threw. She literally like insisted on throwing this party today, without realizing really how much chaos and just January and February is never a good easy time of year for us. It's just not. You know, it's, that's our lives now. I have your gift sitting right here, actually. Yeah. Oh man, I'm looking at it. This is literally my first cigar in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You haven't smoked for two weeks? Bro, bro, that's fucked up. Why is I it mean, you went, over to, you went over the top. How do you Me? go over the top? 
Yeah, that's over the top. That's over the top. Where's what? The, I mean, a 2014 I mean, Las Calaveras? I mean, come on, man. You didn't grab two. You're going to go that over the top? I didn't grab two? one. I told Rob, grab me one. That's way uh, over the top. It's my favorite cigar in the vintage room. Is that true? One. Wow. Well, if you're going to come back from not having a cigar in two weeks, you might as well make it a doozy. I'm calling the front desk. I need one. Call them up. Call them right now. See what they say. Call them on the air. I want to see who answers. All right. On the air. Let's see if we can hear it. Oh, we'll hear it. So, Paul, what what did you end up doing for New Year's? Nothing. Uh, We we went to dinner. My parents were here. So uh, we ended up going to dinner. And... uh, Came home by eleven o'clock. We were beat. Almost fell asleep on the couch. Yo, yo, yeah. I need you to bring me what you brought, Abe, please. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> wow, not even a question. That no, wait, now the call goes to Abe. As long as I name Abe. drop, I got a name drop. You know, Abe, name should drop. I get him one of those? Is that okay? <laughs> Abe's getting a text right now. He'll probably text me. <laughs> yeah, that's all we did, man. What about you? Oh, we, you know, we were coming off of uh, COVID Christmas, so we just quiet evening in the Babna household. In fact, in fact, you know what we did New Year's Eve? Me and my daughters, we watched the whole Cobra Kai season. Oh, dude, everybody's been talking about it. You know, they've done a really jo- good job of the nostalgia factor and bringing in the characters from the past and whatnot. You know, I mean, look, the show's a little cheesy. I mean, it, it without a doubt is. I haven't really watched. I haven't watched it. Is it? Is I it haven't watched it at all. It's uber lady. cheesy, and and they're really good at keep flipping, you know, sides, okay. and they're about to make really? peace. And they all make peace, but for Wait, guys like us, is it super nostalgia? Yeah. Absolutely. But what yeah. I find what I find amazing is my daughters are so into it. Thank there you. There he is. You're Did good, Rob. Ah. We're good. Sorry. He was, he was checking. He was getting on the screen to check with Abe. So, so my question, Abe, is so your daughters are into it. Did you take them back first or take them back after? Um, well, I think they saw – I think what happened was they, before Cobra Kai came out, they saw the new version of Karate Kid. It was like a dopey, uh, dopey uh, Will Smith son or something. Version. Yeah, but then we also made them watch the original. But they only watched the first one of the original. So um, – this season bought Silverback, and they never saw the the third Karate Kid, so they didn't really get that character reference. But they still enjoyed the hell out of the whole season. But we literally watched the whole season in one night. That's the that's the chick, the the, the girl Karate Kid. No, Silver was the um, the guy in Karate Kid Three who came back and kind of uh, opened up Cobra Kai and started training Daniel and took Daniel away from. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Wait, which was the so which was the one with the girl? Which girl? There was a girl in everyone. No, no, no! That was the, she was the Karate Kid. There was a girl Karate Kid. Oh, I don't remember a girl Karate Kid. Oh, she was hot too. Uh, um, the Cobra Kai guy. We were supposed to get him on KMA. I was going to say he's a big cigar guy, right? He's actually we were supposed a, to get him on a KMA. We were working on it. I got to follow through on that. Vinny. Hillary Swank was the Hillary Karate Swank. girl. I didn't know that. Yeah, really? that's why she was hot. Yeah, it was a good. That was a good movie too. You know. You're, uh, maybe I shouldn't even say this because I get made fun of every time. But Ralph Macchio is a Long Island guy, and I've met him a couple of times. He threw out first pitches at the at the baseball team I worked at. 
he just seems like such an awkward guy. Like every time he does karate, he just looks so like absurd. And grown up, he's awkward. Like he, like it's a strange. He's just he an awkward guy, right? Yeah, he grew up weird. Super, super nice, but still has the same voice he did when he was a teenager, and his voice changed. So like, it still sounds like a like a young kid's voice, but the guy's like forty three or something. It's it's a, it's strange. It's a, it, but he's a really really nice guy. He was a big supporter of what we were doing over there, so it, it was cool to to meet him. And obviously, I loved the movies as a kid. My brother was obsessed with Karate Kid. Alex, what did you do? Oh, uh, please, he did nothing. He went to the bathhouse. The bathhouse is reopened. We're all happy. On New Year's yeah. Eve? No, I went to the bathhouse the day after the second January second. I went to the bathhouse. Um, New Year's Day. What did you do for, New, you Year's for New Year's Eve? I made it past midnight, which is a fucking party in itself at, at this age. You know, I, I stayed up till 12. At this on age. Couch, on the couch with the kids. Time. See, here's the thing. You let your kids stay up for midnight? Yeah, our kids stay up to watch the oh, ball drop. Eve, I'm, even the little one was up. Fuck New Year's is, is very My kids are in bed at 7.30, 8 o'clock that night. New we Year's did a fake New Year's. It's very different down here. It's very different down here. Yeah, there's um, fireworks. That's well, one. No, 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 no. We had fireworks. Oh, yeah, we never had fireworks. New Year's in Philadelphia is different than pretty much the rest of the country. Oh, because boy. New Year's Day, you guys don't do shit, which is very strange for me. Um, New Year's. Oh, that's a hangout day. No, New Year's in Philly is the Mummers Parade, which is like the biggest party of the year. And it goes on from the morning till night. I mean, super Mardi Gras type parties, parades. It's the Irish guys hang out with the Italian guys. It's weird. We're all in their neighborhood. I mean, it's a whole bash. It's a whole day full of bash. Um, that's the big day where everybody like here. It's like, oh, we're all drunk and hungover. And, you know, so we're partying. After, you, after you're hungover from New Year's Eve, you you're rally. You're hungover if you just stay up and muscle through it, Paul. My kids have their whole, like, grape champagne bottles ready to go or their apple cider or whatever it is. We have a good time usually. But like Abe, when your kids were my age, you didn't you didn't keep a three year old up till midnight, did you? Well, we you know we had four, so one of them was three. Sure. What was funny is one year we were all staying up, and I think Zara was the youngest at the time, probably around three, three or four. And um, I woke up literally like ten minutes before the ball was going to drop. We had all fallen asleep on the couch except her. Yeah. She was the only one still awake. Yeah, mine mine were tired. We put them to bed. I mean, my parents were here. I was literally sitting up in our den with the lights off and the TV on. We said, "All right, the ball dropped. Good night, everybody." I walked the dogs, and we all went to bed. Well, you know, sorry, I had about to my internet in. But okay, uh, so Marissa actually has a New Year's tradition that I didn't wasn't aware was a thing. Um, Sci-Fi Channel does Twilight Zone marathons all New Year's Eve. Oh, New that's Year's cool. Okay. Original. So, I mean, that's what's on for her. I didn't know she was a Twilight Zone buff. I think maybe it's just something her family did, but she, yeah, I mean, every New Year she's all about oh, watching the Twilight Zone. Great show, man! You can find, yeah, I stream them sometimes. So, since we kind of touched base on shows and movies, um, yeah, it's a good time to queue up. We have a very special guest today um, coming on before our Meet Your Maker segment. Uh, it's it's an old dear dear friend of mine. Many of you are going to recognize who this is. He is one of the founders of Drew Estate. Um, and, uh, after they were acquired, he kind of retired from Drew estate and has been very busy, busy doing a project, which I'm not sure if he ever thought he would ever do, but the project's coming to fruition 
and uh, it's time to talk about it. So let's bring on Marvin Samuel. Hear me? Nice touch. Well, he was, feature. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, he was on, but then he then he disappeared just now. He picked up his phone and turned it off. Did did he just leave before we? Yeah, he was on. He was ready to go, and I I added him to the stream. I played the spotlight feature, and he said, "Can you hear me?" And then disappeared. So, well, I I added him to the. Stream. How how is that my fault? Hey, listen, all the comments are going to be saying right now. Watch, I, I'll see it. Good job, Paul. Good. Here he is. Who's, here he is. Here he is. Here? Who's the producer? Who's the producer? He's back. It's my fault. I pressed the wrong button over there. Sorry, guys. That's hilarious. We <laughs> Thank you for taking the fall. And then he's gone. Can you dummy proof this system a little more for you know people who are a little you know slightly challenged? It's about as simple as it gets, buddy. <laughs> I don't know, but first things first. Excellent T-shirt. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, look I, at uh, that. So, are you are you currently now at your home in South Florida? Uh, I'm in the home that Acid built. Yes. I'm in the home that I, I like that. Is I you like should have a too. sign in your house, the home that Acid built. Yes, I'm no longer in a walk up with five of my employees sleeping on sleeping bags because I couldn't afford to pay them, with uh, with some undesirable characters uh, after me because I couldn't make the <laughs> weekly vig. So Marvin, let, I mean, you've been quiet for a lot of years. A lot of you had a lot of fans uh, during your tenure in the cigar industry. Why don't you? little bit catch up our listeners on what you've been up to since you you've left Drew Estate. Absolutely, Abe. And first of all, I want to say happy birthday, brother. Um, I was a witness to the birth of Kiss My Ash, and it's incredible watching what this has has become over the last what 10, 11 years now. Ten years. We celebrated ten years okay. last year. Unbelievable. This is eleven. Yeah. So proud of you. So proud of you, my friend. I think I think you guys were one of our first or second guests. I was I was uh, yeah I wasn't first I didn't make the cut but uh, <laughs> yeah we were your second guest uh, on your show and uh, it's been about about eight seven or eight years since I've been on the show uh, so in 2014 uh, we sold Drew Estate it was a bittersweet moment um, at the time my wife netta was pregnant nobody knew this but throughout the sales process my wife netta was pregnant with our twin girls talia and ariella and it was a tough pregnancy they were born in march should have been the happiest time of our lives uh six weeks after the birth of my girls my mother was officially diagnosed with alzheimer's and it threw me into a tailspin and the combination of for the first time since i'm 11 years old not waking up with a daily purpose in life and my mom's situation uh a friend of mine uh actually uh, his name is mike copperman he's the uh legislative director of cigar rights of america said you know marvin you you tell all these stories you should memorialize these stories so as abe knows when i would host cigar events I'd work in like a tight five or a tight 10, just telling different stories other than my cigar blends and the history of my company. And usually they gravitated towards crazy stories about my father, Mordecai. So I took these stories, wrote them down, and I looked at them and I said, you know, I think there's something here. 
I don't know what, but there's something here. So right around that time, my dad's 20-year-old Motorola flip phone tied together with electrical tape, tin foil for where the antenna should be, finally <laughs> dies on Yeah, finally dies on him. So I take him to the Apple store and I get him an iPhone. He gets handed an iPhone. And he's like, what is this? Where are the buttons? And my father's a Holocaust survivor who's living in the world today, a retired plumber, painter, etc., from Brooklyn. And I said, so a month later, I, I, I hooked him up, by the way, with lessons from one of the young girls from the Genius Bar. I slipped her a little something. Hey, do me a favor. Take care of my pop. I come back in, a month later, and my dad's running court. He's holding court, telling stories to these young men and women. And at this point, he's calling them the Einsteins. He goes, ah, oh, Marvin, come here, meet the Einsteins. I go, no, it's the Genius Bar. He goes, ah, oh, whatever. So I, I, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, this is it. This is the impetus for how to tell the story of my father's life and of my family. So I started writing, took me about, I, I got to about 30 pages. I'm typing on Microsoft Word. I've never written anything other than copy for Jura State. So I got stuck. And after a, a journey, <laughs> I found a gentleman named Rudy Gaines and Rudy, uh, has worked on Academy Award-winning films as a script writer. Is it us or is it just me? Did we, is it him? Did we, did uh, we lose you? Marvin? I went out. Oh, he's coming back. Here he is. Oh, okay, sorry. we got you. You what, clipped out for a minute. Yeah, my internet sucks. So let me, move, <laughs> let, let me move closer to the, to the router. Sorry about that, guys. Move a little closer. So Academy so Award-winning scriptwriter. That's where we were at. Yeah. So Academy Award-winning scriptwriter, uh, acting as a, a, let's call it a script doctor, which is uh, well-known in, in, in Hollywood. Um, so I brought on a gentleman. His name is Rudy Gaines. We crafted a script together. And now I've got a script. But what, is this, what does a script mean? So I ended up searching for a producer. I'm in a cigar shop here in Boca. I meet a guy who uh, I became friends with. He reads my script, loves it, introduces me to a, a woman named Dahlia Heyman. Dahlia is a Hollywood producer, writer, etc. She loves the script, comes on board, brings on our executive producer, Alan Bain. And we ended up bringing on uh, the uh, one of the most talented casting directors um, her name is Avi Kaufman. She put, she basically said, you know, Matt Damon, you're going to be Jason Bourne, Denzel Washington, you're going to be an American gangster, etc. She's the casting director for Billions, uh, Succession, etc. She came on as our casting director, and the next thing you know, I'm at 94th and 2nd at Nick's Pizza, in a meeting with Judd Hirsch, and I refused to take no for an answer. Uh, and Judd came on board to play my father, Mordecai. So my so, so Judd Hirsch play, portrays my father, Mordecai. Carol Kane, the great Carol Kane, portrays my mother, Fella. Sean Astin is me. And Tony Award winner, Stephanie J. Block, plays my wife, Netta. And we filmed in Miami. Everything was on location. Every shot that we selected had a personal meaning to mean to my family and I, and we filmed in November and December. And guess what? Your boy is in the movie. Abe DeBabna plays himself along with Krishna Roa, 
along with Eric Espinosa, along with Ryan Leeds, along with Jeff Borshowitz, playing themselves in a scene that's my love letter to the cigar industry. And this, you know, it, it basically is a diary of my life in 2015. And it covers a fictionalized version of Marvin selling his little company, his little cigar company. So cigars are intertwined throughout the, the entire film. Um, and uh, I think you guys will love it. We, uh, we finished the film back last May and we were selected to open the 2022 Miami Jewish Film Festival. It's going to be outdoors here this Thursday coming January 13th at the Banshell Amphitheater, 650 people under the stars. And we sold out in under two hours. I couldn't believe it. So wow. Abe will be there. Abe You're muted, Abe. Abe. You're muted, Abe. Abe. can't hear you. I just want to tell our fans, Marvin's been very nice enough. Um, he's giving away two tickets to this premiere. Now, is, is that the, I, I don't know. I didn't look at the date, Marvin. Is that the premiere for the 13th? Or the, the, for the, for the thir so, so for the 13th, uh, I'm giving you guys two tickets to give away, however you want to. And so look, then, well, hold on a second, Abe. Okay. There's, there's an, so once we sold out so quickly, the festival calls me and goes, how would you like to have an encore presentation? So we're having an encore presentation outdoors in Aventura. They rented out a parking lot. And they're bringing in like a five-story screen. And I'm told they can fit up to 1,200 people. And we're more than halfway filled on that one as well. So tickets are still available. Go to uh, imordecai, is it imordecaimovie.com? I don't even know my own website. More, just go to my, my, my handles, uh, um, Marvin, uh, uh, Instagram, Marvin Samuel. You can find the handles. You got to uh, call your girl to find out what your handles are. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's Marvin Samuel. I know my handles and it's I'm Mordecai. Uh, the handles are I'm Mordecai movie and the website is I'm Mordecai.com. So you can go buy tickets. Um, I think you're going to love it. If you're, if you're a cigar head, this is a, a film that captures the love, the romance of what through my eyes of what being in this incredible industry has meant to me. Well, for us, obviously, you know, us being friends, but just even just for this industry in general, I think it's going to be a, this is really a, a historical landmark movie. We wanted to get you on to talk about the premiere. Um, out, Brent, my wife and I will be at the premiere. Um, I know. So if you're, you're VIP, local, bro. VIP. If you're local, if you're local and you want to uh, come down to this movie, just comment in the comments here of this show that you'd like to come to the premiere and we will do a random uh drawing this weekend or Monday morning and we'll give away two tickets to somebody who can come down and be one of the first people in the world to watch I Mordecai. So now I believe we have a little clip of the movie, Paul. Yeah. Martin, do you, do you want to set up this clip? Do you know what the clip he's playing? Oh, there he goes. He's back. There he is. I'm going to, I'm going to go mobile to be closer to my router. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Do you, right. do you know what clip he's playing? Marvin, you want to set it up? It's, uh, it's, it's the bocce. It's the bocce clip. Oh, my God. I had no idea. All right. Cool. All right. So I guess we're playing a clip. Okay. Go ahead. Run it, run it Paul. Why, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Samuel. Mr. Samuel, I was hoping to see you. I want you to enter the bocce ball tournament at our annual community festival next month. 
Thank you, Mrs. Campbell, but uh, I, I know play much of Oh, but Mordecai, it's going to be so much fun. No, I, I was quite an athlete when I was younger. Oh, I can tell. So strong. <laughs> Did you ever play anything professionally? Enough of this nonsense. I'm only going to tell you this once. You stay away from my man. You buried two husbands already. You're not stealing this one. Mordecai, we go. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, That's great. So, yeah, Carol really, really embodied the spirit of my mother. Um, may she rest in peace. My mom passed. I tried to get this movie completed before the the end, but uh, my mom passed two months before filming, and I, I, I had a decision to make. Do I take the time to process this, or do I move forward? And I know what my mother would have wanted. So we, we move forward and this, uh, I, you know, this movie is dedicated to, to my mom. Wow. And, well, and, sorry and, to know, hear Abe, that. Thank you. And it you looks, know, it looks like my, my kind of movie for sure. Yeah. My father was on Kiss My Ash once. My mother uh, was, was lost once and she ended up walking in on Abe's show. I have a picture of that <laughs> at, the trade, at, the, at the trade show. And uh, Abe and his wife Brandy knew my, you know, knew my mother very well, knows my dad, and uh, it's a family affair. It's a family cigar industry affair, and uh, we're we're about to go. You know, I'm being represented by CAA, who's taking this worldwide, and uh, it's been, you know, going from being a cigar maker to a filmmaker. Uh, obviously, isn't the, the natural course of progression, but uh, I, I always knew I was a storyteller. But I, you know, I didn't know that this was, as Abe said, I didn't know where this journey would lead us. Uh, we at first tried to find a director and we went to a couple of well-known directors. It, it just, the vision wasn't aligning. And finally, Dahlia and Alan call me and say, we found your director. And I'm like, who? They're like, you. I go, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I've never been on a <laughs> film set before. So they stood by me every step of the way, the entire cast and crew knowing how I had no idea at first what was going on. So they rallied around me and my job was to stay true to the vision. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a director at this point. <laughs> well, this Marvin, one, one quick question, one quick question before mm -hmm. he goes. Has your dad seen the film yet? Yes, he has seen it. And Does he uh, like how he's portrayed? Well, he, you know, when he watched it, there's a, a scene of a story I tell often called The Plumber and the Painter, Abe knows it well. And after seeing it, I have him on video. I'm like, so what do you think? He goes, eh, the plumber and the painter, I say funnier. So <laughs> he, he loves it. He loved the film. Um, and uh, I did this to honor my parents. I didn't do this with any commercial thought in mind. And, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, well, thank you guys. No, we definitely want to get you on to talk about Tamir, and hopefully down the road we'll have a whole show. We'll yeah, get once, show. once this, I'm is sure I'm going to get on. asked a million times because people who don't make it to premiere, do you have any idea when and how this will be available to the public to view? Because I already see the comments being asked. No, fu no fucking clue. No, <laughs> right now, right now, the goal is, and that's why I'm so excited about these two showings because it's going to be our first test. I've screened it for for a number of people. It's tested off the, through the roof um I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn but it, it, you know the film really really is impactful uh in many ways and uh i believe that 
sometime this year in 2022 after a seven year long journey you guys the world will get to see it i don't know where all right well we'll get you back on when we find out and we'll let everybody know when that's happening in the meantime if you want to go to the first premiere january 13th and uh, check it out i'll be there I, I think maybe some of our guys might be there um just put in the comments you want to go to the premiere and we're going to give away two tickets and marvin i'll see you next thursday and before i let you go just one thing i want to share with you ready yeah Oh, oh, he's got one. He's got one. He's got five. I probably got five, but this At is least. the best. This is the best one because we were going to pick up a pie in South Beach. <laughs> we, were, we were, Brandy and I were always asking, we were going to go pick up a pie. And I'm like, let's just drive. It was like a mile away. They're like, oh, it's beautiful. Let's just walk. I said, Marvin, it's going to rain. He goes, it's not going to rain. It's impossible. I said, bro, it's going to rain. Let's just drive. No. So he goes, if it rains, I'll put you on my back and run back. <laughs> sure enough, man, we didn't even get to the pie shop. Things started pouring. I, Abe really, really fucking hated me in the moment. He really did. It was pouring. We're walking now back. we drenched. Now we got wet pie. <laughs> walking down Collins Avenue and Abe's wearing flip-flops, sloshing around. So yeah, that was that was one By, of the many. And Marvin was one of the Marvin and Sal Fontana were the creators of this betting thing. Correct. Marvin. Oh my God. That's where it's at right now. Amazing. Amazing. All right, Marvin, thanks for coming on. Love, I love you guys. Brother. Love you, brother. Big congratulations. Very excited for next Thursday. Happy, we'll see you there. Happy big five oh, my brother. Thank you, sir. Love you. Marvin Sal. Thank you, Marvin. Thanks, Marvin. Former oh, cigar industry cool. icon, now filmmaker. Talk about Not a career bad. jump. Not bad. I, I kind of see that transition, though. I like it, It's kind of like the same like kind of vibe. Maybe not everybody's smoking cigars. Oh, you, you just get giddy anything movie-ish or any, anytime I, you, listen, get, you get giddy. Yeah, my failed, you know, my failed I mean, acting career. I tell you what, it was very interesting being on the set for a day. Um, oh, I bet. And just watching the process. My my favorite part was when Judd Hirsch's cell phone went off during a scene while they were filming. <laughs> in his pocket, and then like he, he he's pissed at the people, not like he just held up everything. You know, it's just very, very funny. It's, it's, it's interesting. Judd Hirsch is a little curmudgeonly. You know, it's 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 cool to see it like actually come to fruition. I remember. I mean, that was what over a year ago. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, and no, you what, know, you know, what year ago? Guys, before COVID. Guys making a movie, you think like, I don't know, well, I don't know what he's doing. And I mean, this is you know, it is a real deal. You didn't just grab a bunch of people off the sidewalk in Miami to shoot a movie. I mean, this is real deal movie. You know, yeah. should be cool. No, yeah, it's cool. It was. I tell you, who was very cool was Sean Astin, who plays Marvin. Um, he's a cigar guy. He likes cigars. He sat, he talked with us. He was actually kind enough and did a video for us for the great smoke right. Uh, right. last year for the digital experience. Uh, wished us, you know, uh, well, and good luck on, on the thing. So, um, it's gonna be very cool. I'm kind of excited to go down. It's gonna be my first movie career. You know, I don't know if there's a red carpet if there are people walking down. I'm not sure what to expect. It's pretty, I'm pretty excited. And you're, and you're VIP, so you'll probably walk up and they'll give you a glass of champagne immediately. Well, I think everybody who's in the movie is VIP, I think. Who, who that's awesome, it. man. That's that's going to be that's gonna be a real cool experience. I can't wait to see pictures. The one thing that people will never stop hearing is how Eric Espinosa pretty much got blocked out of a whole scene. 
<laughs> like literally, Jeff Borschwitz like blocked Eric Espinosa out of a whole scene. <laughs> so, anyways, so that being said, um, very cool guest today for our Meet Your Makers. Uh, I think we may have had him on once um, uh, during the course of KMA. Oh, I also forgot to tell Marvin. Marvin, if you're still watching, Marvin was our. We used to have a segment called um, "Are You Smarter Than a Stripper." And Marvin was the first guest who lost to the stripper. Really? Yes. Yes. We actually had a, like a girl who came in and was like super knowledgeable about stuff. And she used to be a little trivia, 10 question trivia thing we used to do on Saturday mornings. And, I got to go uh, and look it up now. Yeah. I, I think Mar Marvin was the first guest that ever lost to the stripper. And are you smarter than a stripper? Well, hold, I, yeah, because Steve Saka lost to them once too, but we, we kind of, set him up for that yeah didn't you rig that one yeah maybe <laughs> were you around when we were doing are you smarter than a stripper yeah oh, wow. yeah i've been around this is like my fifth season maybe now wow all right i think i was i think i was technically around before alex was an employee actually is that yeah, possible yeah. yeah probably yeah well listen right. we I, I it's my first time having these guys on the show so i'm excited you want to go right in to meet your maker yeah let's get our meet your maker segment I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. And here they are joining us on KMA Talk Radio. We have John Huber and Mike Condor of Crowned Heads. Welcome to the show, guys. Gents, how are you having us? Good morning. Happy New Year, fellas. Good to see you. Our first show of KMA of 2022. What a what a what a double tag team we got going on today. <laughs> Seriously. I'm sitting here trying to think of what the movie of my life would be. So far, it's not so exciting, to be honest with you. I tell you what, man, I, I don't think I think a lot of people probably think about, oh, you know, one day I'm gonna write a book or make a movie, or you know, a lot of people got great stories, but to actually do it, man, I gotta commend him, man. It, it, that was a I know he'd been working on it for a long time. So I'm kind of actually excited to see this thing. I got to read the manuscript early on, but you know, reading something and seeing it in action is completely different. So kind of excited to see this thing finally come to fruition. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, he's got I'm like legit actors too. I mean, oh yeah. Hats off to him. That's pretty cool. It is I'm cool. Feeling, I'm kind of feeling Caddyshack for me, but you know, I'm you know, who could play me? I don't know. I'm. I guess Kevin Costner seems to be pretty hot right now in Yellowstone. That would work, wouldn't it? Just watch the season. The, the, the new season just finished. Unfortunately, I get typecast. I'll get typecast with Rick Moranis playing me. <laughs> Somebody no would other, probably no other choice. John would probably say it should be uh, Billy Bob Thornton. I seem to hear that one a lot for some reason, or maybe Jeff Goldblum. You know what? Closing, not looking at the screen and just listening to you, you do sound the like voice. Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> you do. Maybe I should do the whole show this way today. It's Billy Bob. And we no, could get Matt. To, we I could get, get Matt Booth to play John. Oh yeah, oh no, that's good. <laughs> Who? Matt so Booth. we could get Matt Booth to play John. Oh God. <laughs> oh God is right. Yeah. That would be so guys, it's been a long time since you've been on KMA. So. How many how many years now is uh, since you guys started Crowned Heads? Ten. I should leave this to John because he's he probably knows not only the years he probably knows the days <laughs> if you were to ask him. No, he's I very I, OCD on this kind of thing. Very much so. Um, we announced it in February 
of 11, but we didn't start shipping till November of 11. So I guess we just completed our 10 year run. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. And we're still here. So go figure. Yeah. Amazing. That's a success story in itself, I suppose. But yeah, no, I remember, I remember it was when we were on Abe, um, it was probably like nine years ago, to be honest with you. It was about nine years. Wow. We were yeah, you had them on early on when they started. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And it was audio only at that time. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. Wait a minute. Are we, are we on video somewhere? Somebody can see me? <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> uh oh. You didn't read the release? Did you cover the ball? I should have shaved this morning, for goodness sakes. So 10 years, guys, seriously, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a milestone. Um, what were, what were some of the biggest hurdles you guys really went through over the 10 years? I mean, outside of obviously COVID and that, and how that's affected you guys. I mean, um, what, 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 what were some of the things that you didn't expect to go through? Well, I'll, I'll jump in here and tell you that COVID, even though it seems like it would have been a, a hurdle to jump over for us, you know, we were a pandemic winner. I think like probably most everybody in the cigar industry, uh, you know, there's there's so many places now to sit around your house and have a cigar with your buddies because you're not in a restaurant, you're out on the patio smoking. I mean, it's been that's been fantastic. I, when I think about the hurdles, I go back to the beginning of, you know, how do we get product? I mean, really, that's where it started. We spent we spent a lot of time thinking about who we wanted to partner with from a manufacturing standpoint and how to get over the first hump of orders. How do you sustain the company for? Really, I think, John, if you think about it, it, was about 10 months, as you just outlined there, between the time we announced the company and the time we actually started shipping product. You know, how do you get through that 10 months without revenue while you're trying to do all the right things along the way? Now, a lot of our a lot of our fans may not know a lot of the in-depth history, whatever, but what what is the Crowned Heads? Where'd the name, what's the origin of the name? Oh, so yeah uh wizard of oz that was it in a nutshell like we were one of the things like mike and i uh we first started talking about this uh legit in december of 10. so on the 21st we had our first meeting about it and then one of the things i was tasked with was come up with the name of of the of the company that would be and i would write down all these names and sent him to Mike, some of them he liked and I didn't and vice versa. And some that we both liked that the attorneys didn't like. So long story short, um, I was watching Wizard of Oz on an iPad one day and there's a scene in the beginning of the movie before it goes to full color. It says um, on the side of a caravan, Professor Marvel, crown heads of Europe, past, present, future. I screenshotted huh. it. I screenshotted it. I, I texted it to Mike. I said, crown heads. And he said, yeah, I like that. So I did too. And the attorney I, liked it, so I never knew that. Actually, I don't know if we ever you asked did that because you asked me that on. nine years ago. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It must have slipped my mind. I can't imagine we didn't ask that nine years ago. But I didn't even I didn't know didn't. that. Yeah. What's funny is everybody says, "Oh, it must be Condor and Huber. It must be there's all these things that you know must have something to do with cigar heads on cigars and caps and that you know." But yeah, none of that. That all seems clever. But uh, I wish it was that clever. It was yeah. by happenstance. It, it really was, and it worked out really well. The one thing I, I, I personally wanted something that was vague enough that it kind of allowed us to have some creative latitude to, to go into other arenas if we so chose to do. So it, it wasn't about like, you know, Condor Huber Cigar Company or CH or HC or whatever. I wanted it to be like people would ask the question, what is Crown Heads? 
Because now we can go, if we wanted to, we can go Crown Heads Spirits, we can go Crown Heads Coffee, we can go Crown Heads whatever. So it, it's it's got a nice ring to it. Do you guys have any plans on branching out on, on, on the brand? None whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're still trying to figure out the cigar thing, man. Are you kidding me? I've only got 40 years so, into this. Sooner or later, I'm going to figure out, you know, how to pull the right buttons on some of these things. Wait, the right legs, I mean, yeah. How many years? Later? I don't know. Well, I started my, you know, my first 20 years were with General Cigar, and that started in 1980. So I'm 42 years in, I hate to say. Wait, how he old started when he was six. Yeah, I started really young. Yeah, when he was really six. Young. I was going to say, you're, you know, you're well preserved. <laughs> well, this is this is a part of the app that we're using here today. I put some, <laughs> got that filter on it. 15 years, yeah, the, the filter, yeah. He's got that auto yeah, no, no, face filter on it. I'm a solid, uh, I had my 50th a year and a half ago, Abe. So, you know, congratulations. You're coming up right behind me there. I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Rick Yoss, I am smoking a Las Calaveras. This is my first cigar back two weeks we are smoking las calaveras is from our rare and vintage room alex is this a 2014 release 14 original this is a 2014 original release boys again my favorite cigar in the entire vintage room does it does it have any gas left in the tank it It tastes phenomenal it It really does yeah that's the screenshot i sent them oh wow ground heads of europe past present yep Hey, John, do we have any 2014s in the archives in the office left? I think we have like a box of Robustos that have dust all over them. They're still sealed. But I mean, I still see, you know what? Now, if I smoke a 14 now, it's because somebody gifted it to me. Yeah. Somebody will send it to me or bring it to me or whatever. But I, those have been long gone. Well, let me tell you something. Next time you boys are in Florida, we have a couple 14s with your name on them. Oh, yeah. Actually, sizes. What do those things retail for these days? Do they uh, do they get a vintage pricing on them? Oh yeah, part of a it's a gift with purchase program. Yeah, Every, <laughs> everything in the vintage room is vintage priced. Excellent. We had to sit on that stuff for a long time. That is a long time. You know, that's the hardest thing about the vintage room. It's really funny because I, I always you know tell people I, I really prefer that nothing in there really sells. It's, just, <laughs> it's too hard to replace it. True. You know, we have to think ahead. Anytime there's limited stuff that comes up, we box them and we save them. We have to put them away for four or five years. And, you know, it's just, it's, I like to think of it as fixtures. Like, let's make it look nice and hopefully nobody buys anything, but they buy stuff out of there. There you yeah. go. Well, that's part of the, the allure of it, I guess. But so, so you guys both go back to, did, did you meet working together at CAO? Yes. Is that how you met? No, we, we actually met on Tinder. Um, <laughs> but, there was no Tinder back then. Yeah, no, I don't think true. there was Tinder back then. That's that's there was honest. not. Yeah, we met. We, we worked together at CAO starting in um, maybe that was around. When was it? I think it was around two thousand two because I left. I left General right after you know not long after nine eleven. I think I left there in early um, early two thousand two thousand two and you know started quote, consulting for CAO, which lasted for 10 years, you know, uh, right, not long after that. And how long were you there for, uh, John? At CAO? Yeah. Um, I started April 15th, 1996. Here we go with the dates again. I just remember these things. And um, last day was December 17th, 2010. 
So whatever that is. Do I don't you, know if John do will, have go ahead. I don't know if John will tell you the story, but I'll start the story. Is um, John got hired at CAO by John O. Osgener, uh, may you rest in peace, um, as kind of in the shipping department. I think maybe he was actually not kind point, of. I was the shipping department. Okay, yeah, he was he was coined the worst shipping manager we ever had. So we have to move <laughs> him somewhere else. He does have a passion for the business, but it can't be in shipping. So there's a, that's a I had to get story, my foot John, in there too. somehow. Yeah. I did. I did. I literally I, I wrote a letter begging for a job. I, I wrote letters to everybody. In fact, nobody would hire me, not even a local retail tobacconist. And then John, oh, God bless him, actually took a chance on me. And he said, all I need right now is a shipping manager. I said, I'll be the best shipping manager ever. Just give me a shot. And um, that got my foot in the door. So wow. and after that, I, I kind of behind the scenes was doing stuff to promote the company and uh it's a long, long, boring story about getting on the radio and doing spots and then all this stuff. And uh, within five months, I was promoted to director of promotions and PR, which led to, you know, it was just like on and on and on. So Jono's deal was this. He lo he loved titles uh, and he loved them in lieu of money. So, yes, John, he hired. John I got to try that. Uh, yeah, the quote yes. shipping manager and in 1996, that job might have paid $18,000. I have no idea. It was, yeah. I guarantee you, it was on the cheap. And then, as John says, five months later, he's the director of something, but he's still making yes. $18,000, you know. <laughs> Put it this way. Fast forward, I was probably the lowest paid chief marketing officer in the cigar business at one point because he gave me this title. I'm like, oh, I like that title. And then it was like, I think it was, I was making like 40 grand or something like that or I don't know. But it was it was fun. We had good times, man. That was that was a good time in my life. Wow. So what's what's a day in the life for you guys in running crowned heads? Yeah. Wow. This what's, this gonna be a big difference. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you don't want my day on I'm asking, what's 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 a typical crowned head <laughs> day for you guys? Well, you wanna go, wanna go first, first? John? I'll go first. Yeah. So go right now, um, yes. Yeah, so since the pandemic, we have not uh, been in, we're not always in the same building every day um, because I, I spend some of my time in a place other than Nashville. Uh, so my day, you know, starts because it's, uh, it's, we're empty nesters it's now. It's like my those starts... old professional wrestling things where they announce the masked wrestler from parts yeah. unknown. That's like Mike. He's yeah. like coming from parts unknown, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> In an undisclosed exactly. location. You know, exactly. Sun is yeah, out yeah, most yeah. days. But but um, yeah. so I get up in the morning and uh, I make a cup of coffee very quiet around here. I get the Wall Street Journal. That's the only news. I cannot take watching news on TV anymore. No, so I the only agree. news I get is the Wall Street Journal. And I start it. I read it cover to cover every day, five days a week. Wow. So I start my day like that. And then it eases into... Uh, I get on a Zoom call. Maybe I have a cigar while I'm sitting outside on a Zoom call. <laughs> you know, we go back and forth with the guys. One, one thing I will tell you, I'm going to veer off a little bit about the, the pandemic is, you know, everybody, everybody says, oh, gosh, it must be tough to keep all your guys together and working on the same path. But we have literally had a Zoom call with everybody in the company every day since the pandemic started, every workday. Really? Which, yeah, yeah seems crazy. True. But it's, it started in the beginning because we said, I can remember saying to these just saying to John, hey, you know what? This is maybe, let's say this is March of 2020 or February of 2020. Yeah, that's, this thing's this thing's probably going to last a couple of weeks, guys. So let's all just bat our down two or three weeks. We'll have a Zoom call every day. We'll talk about 
what everybody's trying to work on in the background, blah, 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 that type of thing. Well, uh, honestly, obviously, it's at some level, it's still going on. Uh, but we've learned that the Zoom call for especially the sales guys who live around the country, it's it's been quite it's been a pretty good team building exercise. I don't want to plug Zoom too much here, but we've gotten a lot out of it and it's worked. And I kind of feel like our group is closer now than before, which seems a little bit oxymoronic there. But anyway, so that, that my day leads up to that. You know, John and I will get on a call and talk about sometimes John in the office, uh, chain smoking cigars. You know, if I talked to him at three in the afternoon, he said I'm on my fifth or sixth cigar and gives me the lowdown <laughs> of what he's smoking, that kind of thing. John could never leave, by the way, because I don't know how he could afford the cigar habit if he got out of the business. It would be <laughs> it would be difficult. But so so our days it's are true. quite a bit different. John is so just, John is um, just to reflect uh, how still got a young. What's that? Sorry. No, just just to reflect how boutique you guys really are. When yeah. you say we get everybody on Zoom, how many people are we talking about here? Yeah, like eight, nine people. Eight, yeah. nine. That's, people, that's yeah. how boutique. I mean, see, you guys are really. You guys started out boutique, and I mean, you guys are really like still. I mean, a, a majorly a boutique company. How many sticks is the company putting out a year roughly? Well, we could tell you that, but then we'd have to shoot everybody on the call. It's you know. All right, so let's put it this way. In your opinion, uh, I'll, I'll your... phrase it back to you. What What do you define as boutique? Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys. What is it what like a vibe or is it a quantity? Level? Look, it, it's a term that's so used throughout the industry. Uh, overused. Overused. So I, you know, I'm not yeah. even sure what the real definition of boutique was. I think Drew State's still calling themselves a boutique scar. So, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I get I get lost, but I mean. I think a lot of times the consumers don't realize um, the size differentiation between companies. I mean, look, I, we've had that with my company. Like a lot of people think that we're the size of some of these major, major companies, and we're not even in the same, you know, stratosphere, same atmosphere as, as some of these major companies. So in your guys' opinion, this is a great question. What would you guys, I mean, do you like the, 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 label being a boutique cigar company because I, I hear it all the time when i hear your company's name is that something you guys like i mean for me personally it doesn't matter either way what what bucket people need to put us in i mean I just, you know i it doesn't matter it really doesn't it's it just i i agree with you in that i think it's overused i think the term doesn't mean anything anymore I mean, I think the last true boutique company to come on the forefront was 2003, and that was when Pete started Tatuai. Ever since then, every everything else has been a me too. I don't really think there is a boutique cigar company. I mean, now to me, boutique is like, you know, a little like store in Cayocho or something, maybe rolling, you know, 100 cigars a day. That's boutique. But I think when you get to a certain level where you're employing eight or nine people, you know, and everybody's in-house, it, it it's kind of hard to say, oh, we're boutique. And, and when we do a limited edition, quote unquote, that goes north of 130,000 cigars, that's kind of hard to call boutique. I True. Mean, you know what I mean? So it's, but if people feel better, like putting us in that category, in that bucket, then so be it. It doesn't really matter. But I just think it's overused. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like you, John. I don't, I don't really uh, think too much about it anyway. But it is, there is, if you're looking for a comparison, I mean, so, Back to Abe's point about being the size of, you know, uh, some of the, the big guys on your part of the, in what you guys do, Abe, you know, whoever that would be out there, the JRs and CIs, the, those kind of guys. I mean, we're, we're, we are not in the category of um, the guys that you would know on the other end of our business. I mean, I mean, so Rocky out there. I mean, Rocky at one point was, Rocky was a boutique company at one point, but I mean, those guys are, 
those guys are a major uh, economic force now, you know, with their size. So it is, if you're looking for a descriptor, I like to, you know, kind of compare our stuff to the, to the bourbon industry, because I've gotten into the, that a little bit during the pandemic. And, you know, it's, there's something, I think for a consumer, there is something uh, interesting about what smaller companies are doing and, you know, things that aren't out there in mass quantities. And so, yeah, we, we've definitely gotten bigger than, than, you know, what, what you would say we were doing from the standpoint of units and so forth uh, through the first 10 years. But it's still pretty small when you think about other industries or even you think about the big players, the, you know, the, the, I mean, there's a lot of them in our industry. Everybody knows who they are. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty small. Now I heard there's a great story behind how La Coalition got named. There is. That's what I was told. There's a great <laughs> story about the naming of La Coalition. Do either of you two know that story or am I missing? I don't know that story and I, I kind of threw the name out there. So I'd love to hear the story. <laughs> I'm Paul. Paul. Yeah, me too, to be honest with you. I think well, it's, yeah. how do you pronounce it? John, what is the correct pronunciation of that, by the way? La Coalition. Thank you. Just want to make, get that right. Do you say it that way, Mike? He does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> me? No. <laughs> you, hey, if you're not on the same page, but that doesn't mean it's right, okay? The, the Coalition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's that cigar we did with Drew Estate? Oh, that that one, yeah. What do we need to order on that one? Yeah. yeah. No, I honestly that I don't know that there is a really interesting story. I about literally that. just got a message on my I phone mean, saying that there's a great story about the naming of Law Coalition. Yeah. You know what? In all fairness, I may have forgotten it. But it, listen, I mean, if the message came from, from uh Willie Herrera, then tell us what it is. Otherwise, I'm not sure. Who would know? Willie did like that. That was the was only other name to be he called liked. Hot Chicken. Oh, that story! Yes, there is oh, a good story God. about that. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! Is so that really that. true? Hot chicken? No, we no 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 no. Back up. <laughs> we we had been dancing around doing something together with Drew Estate for years, literally for years. Jonathan was trying to get Willie and I together. He was going to do this thing called B sides, da 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 da, all this. And so, fast forward to like 2000 and like 15, 16, talks got a little bit more serious. And literally, like we would have a meeting at the trade show at the PCA. That would be like hours long. We'd get nowhere, and then the next year we talk a little bit more. So finally, we get to a point where we say, "Okay, we're going to do something. It's going to be a collaborative uh, type of a thing." We're sitting in their little super secret, like offsite kind of trade show booth area where like with their marketing people and stuff. And there was a marketing guy in there from Jewish State. And I won't mention his name, but he, he was an uh, interesting cat. And he's like, he goes, OK, I, I know what we're going to do. I, I got the name. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is how he's pitching it. Everything was like, are you ready? Are you ready? He's like looking around like he's got, you know, the, the cure to cancer he's about to drop on the table. And he says, hot chicken. And Willie and I are sitting across the table from each other and we just looked at each other and I'm like, seriously? I'm like, no, nah, that's not gonna happen. It's not, gonna, no, no, no. And he's, he's pitching why he believes it should be called hot chicken. I said, no, it's, no, thank you. Yeah, this is the same guy that also suggested they send Willie and I up to a cabin in Gatlinburg together for like a week to get off site to go fishing and smoke cigars and <laughs> think about that. And again, we look, fishing in a alpha cabin. Yeah, and, uh, so we like a bonding trip. Like, yeah, oh it was like what is, it's like Brokeback Mountain or something. I'm not yeah, going. You guys, not going. You just, 
It could have been like, let's let's look at each other's tattoos, then we'll go fishing. I mean, that would yeah, just... we were just like, no, oh, we, got, we got wives and family, and we prefer not to do that. And Willie's we'll a big dude to be locked good. in a cabin somewhere. With... He's a great guy. Willie and I were friends for years before we did La Colusión, but um, and that's why it went so seamlessly. I think it's like once we got through the red tape of figuring out who was going to do what and what all that stuff and working together, then the rest of it was very. <laughs> organically it's just he and i just you know we're off to the races and it was very easy for us similar palettes similar style similar like you know vitolas we preferred similar blends we preferred and it, you know once they let us go we we're off to the races fairly quickly now you guys work with some pretty reputable renowned manufacturers to make your blends uh <clears throat> ernesto perez carrillo my father um how, how did how did because obviously even now today we're still they're still having some supply issues how did how did covid really affect you guys being that other people were making your cigars did you guys go through a lot of uh, shortage inventory shortages like everybody else yeah we did we're you know listen we we went through a period where for the most part if we could make it we could sell it you know it really got down to that i mean the the it's, it felt like the boom of you know 90 whatever 96 or 97. 97. you're old enough to remember oh i was in the middle of the one in 97 yeah, yeah. Believe me. um but yeah so so we had the same problems everybody had you know but we we got guys that we've worked with for a long time the people that you mentioned i mean we've been with uh, ernie since the, really he produced the very first product so um yep. you know he's he's one of our we you know obviously everybody calls him the godfather but we call him uh, our padrino is certainly that for us and um, they did everything they could do to try to keep us in the mix. Obviously, they have had um, a couple number ones and a number two in the last three or four years on on CA ratings. So they've they've had some explosive uh, demand for their products as well. But they they they've been very fair with us. Same thing with my father, and uh, now with uh, Tobacco Pichardo, where we're doing a lot of products. So we've worked our way through it, but uh, it's not been a smooth and uh, seamless kind of deal. I can tell you that. Well, we got it. We got to take a short break. I want to talk a little bit about the Tobacco Pacharo, Ace Prime, some of the other stuff you guys got going on. We also have the As the Record Spin segments where we have a question for the both of you from our good friend Eddie Guerra over at Avo Cigars. And uh, in an hour two, we have season, the, the, the finale, I guess, season three. It is the finale of the tape season three. We are going to find out what the number one mafia movie is of all time according to the goat and william cooper so don't go anywhere folks we'll be right back right after this surgeon general warning cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale with Athetis rich in profound history it only makes sense to showcase one of their popular cigars after mr henry clay Receiving a top 10 spot in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars, the Henry Clay Warhawk has top-notch construction while boasting with complex flavors. Cloaked in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper with a Connecticut broadleaf binder and a Nicaraguan Criollo fillers, this medium to full-body smoke has flavor notes of toasted almonds, earth, and a peppery finish that pairs nicely with a lemonade. It is available in three sizes, Corona, Robusto, and Toro. If you're looking for a cigar that has an abundance of flavor and history, then this 95-rated Henry Clay Warhawk is the cigar for you. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale.
Honest Abe here, smoking cigars. It's that time of year again, the great smoke. For over a decade and a half, we've been hosting one of the country's biggest cigar bashes where aficionados from all over the world would trek to South Florida for a four-day extravaganza. In 2019, we themed our event for the first time, 70s Disco, Can You Dig It? And it was one of the biggest events we ever had. And we look forward to the very next one. Unfortunately, the world was hit by a pandemic and cigar events and functions were being canceled all over the country. Our team was poised with the question, what do we do? Do we cancel the event? Do we do a half-cocked event and just get by? No, instead we put on our thinking caps and put on one of the most epic seven-hour virtual events that was enjoyed by thousands and viewed by tens of thousands of people all over the world. Our event in 2021, the digital experience, forever changed how these types of events will be done. So this year, for the first time in 2022, The Great Smoke, The Last Luau, will be both an in-live and virtual event experience. We had hundreds of people who contacted us early this year telling us how much they enjoyed our virtual event this year, how they had never participated in one of these mega events because they were unable to take time off for work and travel and come down. So this year, we're going out of our way so that people can enjoy the event in their own home as they did earlier this year and also do it in live. Michael Hercox of Ferio Tago Cigars and Kim Keeney will be returning in 2022 to reprise their roles as co-hosts for The Great Smoke. As we did earlier this year for the first time, we have worked with select manufacturers to make very limited TGS releases. We got Aganor Salif, Espinosa Cigars, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Room 101, and ADV cigars. They will each be making a very limited run of TGS edition cigars, exclusively ticket holders for The Great Smoke. There will be a series of special virtual events between the end of November and the beginning of February where all these TGS limited releases will be offered prior to The Great Smoke event. So you will need to get your ticket in advance to be eligible to get into this very special TGS virtual store to participate in these events prior to the Great Smoke date. As always this year, we're going to have a very special dinner hosted by the Red Meat Lovers Club and special guest Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. This is going to be a last luau feast like you've never seen before and all attendees will get a very limited RML, it's Red Meat Lovers Cigar, made by Steve Saka just for this event. So what do you have to do to participate? Go to thegreatsmoke.com, secure your ticket, which will get you the last luau party back. Now, whether you're virtual or coming live, everyone will get the same epic package. This is the most epic Great Smoke package we've ever made in the history of this event. Almost $450 worth of swag and 40 premium cigars. They'll either be delivered to your door or handed to you the day of the event. As always during the Great Smoke, we'll have mega raffles and prizes, and whether you're at home or there live in person, Everyone who gets a ticket is automatically entered. The event dates are February 24th through February 27th with the main event being February 26th. And whether you're there in person or live watching at home, we're going to have five special virtual sessions and interaction with what's going on in the event floor so you can actually see what people and what things are going on as the event is happening. Tickets will on sale this Friday, November 12th, noon Eastern Standard Time. I urge everyone out there to get their tickets early. They'll let you participate in all the pre-virtual events we're going to have with the manufacturers who made limited releases, and it'll secure your ticket because our feeling this will be the most epic year ever as far as ticket sales and how fast they'll go. To get your tickets and for more information, go to www.thegreatsmoke.com. 
the last luau, baby, because this is be the last luau you'll ever need to go to. Peace. You got me. <laughs> this is uh, kind of where I come to take my breaks uh, to get away from Honest Abe. The solitude in this room is amazing. A great cigar, a great glass of wine from our friends at Bonner Private Wines. You know, right now, Bonner Private Wines has a three-pack sampler of Malbecs that you should really check out. You know, some of the, some of the vineyards are so high that the grapes are under so much stress but the fruit is filled with so much flavor. There's no additives to it. It goes great with a nice cigar. Argentinian Malbec, the original strand of Malbec. And listen, we can give you a deal. We got- Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh. I, I just got your text, I apologize. I hope I didn't leave you waiting. I mean- but You've been in here a while, if you can. I, no, thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Don't worry, it's just the- it's medical. It's medical. See, you can try this sampler. It's great. Please take my word for it. Go to kmawines.com. You'll get a discount on shipping. You'll get a discount on the package. And then you'll even get a discount if you like it on the Wine of the Month Club. And there's other packages that you can buy. But our friends at Bonner Private Wines, they make a great glass of wine. It really is awesome. And KMA listeners get the discount. So why not try it out? What are you doing? You've been waiting for a new commercial. I've been hiding out in here. Someone put a camera in here. Let's go. KMAWines.com. I'll be back in a few minutes, Abe. But guys, guys, seriously, can we get a courtesy flush or something in here? Jesus, people. You're ridiculous. Animals. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Listen, Paul. I want to get some Bonner wines. I want to do a giveaway on KMA. Get us some wines from them. Okay. I want to get it out there. Do let's do a little giveaway this year. Give away some Bonner wine. We're gonna we're gonna have them on the show eventually too. Oh, you've only been saying that for two years, but yeah. Sure. I, well, it's it's not me that's holding it up. It's not me that's holding it up. But we'll we'll talk after the show. Alex, you want to say something? Alex, you're muted. Well, you fucking muted me, Paul. Yeah, because you were echoing before. You know that part in the TGS commercial in the end, the video, the time has come to unite again? Yeah. We we did that the week before the TGS 2021 event. That's how yeah, long. That, that, that end part was the teaser that we made for the digital experience a year ago. I mean, that was oh. done before we pulled off 2021. Literally, you should give me just that end part. Hey, look, we're excited. Um, it, we're coming now into the home stretch. Uh, I'll be remiss to say anybody out there because there was the virtual tickets had sold out so fast. We put the last block up. We 
mo we definitely will not be putting up more virtual tickets so if you haven't gotten a virtual ticket now's your opportunity while while they're up while they're still around um if you're coming in person there are still plenty of tickets and uh you can you know take your time and get them but if you're if you are playing attending uh, from your own home or wherever you're at or doing a watch party um grab your virtual tickets and uh, coming up this wednesday is our third tgs release so we've had two so far we've had the agonorsa anniversario and we had the dunbarton tobacco and trust the x30 uh, 78 um and this will be released this wednesday oh i saw that one that one looks cool Yes, I mean, Sarsaparilla was a big hit. It was a project with the Dojo guys and Espinosa Cigars. Uh, one of their really probably most popular projects. Uh, has to be one of their top ones, I believe. So they have made a Connecticut version of it. This is a very limited product, 500. Now, I just found out from Eric Espinosa. He called me uh, the other day to find out if this is going to be a problem. I told him no. But um, they rushed us this pack. So we can do videos and marketing and they're actually putting together the rest of the packages right now so we can have them on time to start shipping them on thursday after our uh, virtual event the virtual event be this wednesday live 7 p.m eastern standard time during that broadcast we'll have the dojo guys on eric espinosa this product will go live to be able to buy this product you have to have a great smoke ticket either virtual or live and by doing so you'll have access to the special tgs store where all these limited releases exist. So, um, but Eric called me, and I guess this brown paper that they've packed this in uh, did not arrive and wasn't uh, didn't come in time. So it's actually going to come in a white pack. So uh, pack may look a little different, but very like interesting. Like a diet can. Yeah, very interesting blend, and it'll be cool to see this come to fruition. So and and listen, I'm just throwing it out there. There's under a hundred virtual tickets left and we wow. sold over a hundred virtual tickets this week so you don't have much time because when they're gone there literally is no more room to push any virtual tickets just saying there's under a hundred left so you might want to get on it no pressure no, no pressure. pressure all right that being said we discussed all that let's get our hosts back on yeah. our guests yeah. on. so um, we have a very special segment we start at the top of every hour, guys. It's called As the Record Spins by Avo Cigars. And our good friend, Eddie Guerra, every week poses a special question for our guests. So let's run with that clip, Paul. Paul. Listen, I just gotta say, guys, if you do have that box of robustos, I would crack that puppy we'll open. Take it. <laughs> this, if you don't want it, send it here because this sucker's amazing. <laughs> I don't, I don't smoke really much of anything out of our rare and vintage room. I mean, stuff like I literally saved for our patrons, so it's kind of stupid for me to smoke them. But you know, being I hadn't had a cigar for two weeks, our first show over the year, I just thought this would be proper. But 
Stellar. Did you Stellar. get? Did you guys keep the 15s or 16s or any of the years past 14? Just out of yeah, but, but but some of them sold out. So you know that's the thing when you do that. Some years sell better than others. Some we still have. You know everything right. in that room is limited. It's only like one or two cigars per person because we don't want somebody coming and clearing out. You know, a whole shelf. We'd rather as many different people get a chance to try to get some of that cool stuff than just one guy, you know, right. hoarding it. Because we definitely have guys who will come in and clear out a whole shelf if they if they if we let them. So or they can come in in a different outfit, like buy two, come back, and like with a mustache on. It's, buy it's two per more. visit, and I, I, obviously we do have those guys when we get certain stuff in. They will come <laughs> in every day to get their one or two, and there you go. It, but yeah, we just we just want to spread it around, literally. So here's here's my problem. I'm a little bit. Sad. I'm going to be sad. Um, we're on the show smoking this. I've said it before that this is my favorite cigar in the vintage room. Um, you just killed we, it. Yeah, we got about a thousand people coming here in a month. Uh, it's over. It's over for this cigar. You just killed it. <laughs> no, he killed it. It's done. It's because done. Not, not everybody goes in there, so not everybody knows what's in there. So, right. yeah, we, we just killed it probably. Yeah, yeah. it's done. I'm going to have to grab some. All right, you, guys. You got by now. <laughs> right. So I'll let you guys attack this question any way you want. And it's actually a great question for you guys, especially with where you're at and your backgrounds. But here's the question of our good friend, Eddie Garavavo Cigars. If you could only listen to music from oh. one band oh, or musician for the rest of your life, here we go. Who would it be and why? Here we go. So listen, I'm going to set this up. Um, I'm going to go back to John's OCD. I cannot believe this is the question. It's almost like a setup and somebody fed you this. Maybe they did. Well, I don't, I don't even have an answer to the question. I was just like, I know, oh, but I'm, I'm going to give. I'm, like, I'm going to tell no. you my answer for you, because one of the reasons that I like to work remote is because John has some quirks that if you're sitting across from him, and we have kind of a partner desk set up, so we're looking at each other, and you know, we can. Uh, I've got twice a, a year. Mug. Yeah, <laughs> I got a coffee mug that says the guy sitting across from me is an asshole. That kind of thing. We're that close. <laughs> John John goes through these phases where he will get onto a song, and then he will start boiling okay, a okay. song down to fifteen or twenty seconds. Could you mute John while I tell the story? So then then he likes fifteen or twenty seconds of a song, and he figures I don't know the kids don't know how to do this. He's got that on a repeat, and it runs and it runs and it runs until the point where the other people in the room you can't take it anymore. It's just like I can't. I, it's it's enough already. I mean, and there are a few cigars that that. Uh, in our world are let's say sonically inspired uh, going all the way back to Headley Grange when we were in, in our first office and John was playing this this loop of when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin you know just like a first six second seconds piece of it so okay six, six seconds. seconds there you go right six I've seconds. heard it I've heard it 10,000 times so th <laughs> this is a great question it's Me one too. that's probably a little point of condition uh, uh, can, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for Contention between contention. John and I here. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Contention. Uh, so I'm going to let John answer the question. And I'm, I do have an answer to the question, but I'm going to I'm going to let you go. No, so you answer the question. I don't even have an answer. To. I'm just like, no, no, none of the music question. Uh, you got to like, pick one. If you had to yeah, pick no, one. If, if I had to pick one, I, I would go music. to Tom, I would go to I would go to Tom Petty. First of all, I had to pick one. I mean, of all the guys, John, you and I talked about this, of all the the music legends that have that have died over the last, I don't know, maybe, let's say maybe six yeah. seven eight years that's the one that for me kind of hit me the hardest you know just I, i'm not saying i sat around and uh upset about it i'm saying it's the one that really affected me the most and I, it's a it's like a cliche it's so overused you know this kind of soundtrack of your youth 
But for me, you know, Petty was a little bit of that. So if I were stuck somewhere, I would be very tempted to say that's I would go at I would, I would go at Tom Petty. I'm, you know, there's a handful of songs. I mean, there's a couple albums that are just fantastic, start to finish. Uh, but that's that's probably where I would go. Well, I I gotta tell you, Tom Petty is one of my all time favorites. I was a Petty mm-hmm. fan when he was with the Heartbreakers, when he went solo with the Traveling Wilburys. I kind of yeah. pretty much loved everything he did. So. Uh, he's uh, got a great discography. Like he, yeah, I can't. can't Wildflowers, even Wildflowers was great. Yeah, can't say much about that, John. How about I, you, buddy? I'm gonna have to default to like I, I'm not gonna answer it just because there's just so much stuff that I listen to that changes on a daily basis depending on my mood and my, my inspiration. I just there's no way I could pick one thing. <laughs> add in. Uh, what about right will- now? I can't I right on that, you I might won't. have to. The world is coming have to. to an end. The, the world, world is coming to an end. end. You're the last thing on my mind is, is music. Hey, pretty girl. Gosh, I don't, I don't know. Say hi. Hi. And what's your this name? Is eight. What's your name? What's your name? AJ. But you got to tell Abe what your name is. AJ. 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 Is that? Oh. Okay. Nothing to do with Fernandez. So. Just to make, make that abundantly yeah. clear. Um, I, I just, I really, I couldn't answer that question. I just thought, I don't know, honey. Um, <laughs> Story of our lives is, over here, John. Don't worry, I get it all day here. My, uh, mine are out. This is why my day and Mike's days are a little bit different. Yeah. They look a little different. So, I, I, when um, your day is starting, that my day starting with the Manhattan. When we get to that stage, <laughs> slightly. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah. I will, um, John. I'm going to def- I'm going to defend you on this. Too. I will tell you this: any any single day you go into the office, it could be old school hip hop, it could be rap, it could be yeah. classical, right. yeah, it could be Mike, jazz. It's all over it the could board. Be rock and roll. If you look, it's, it my, is true. All right. So here's my it question, is, yeah. Mike: the end of world is coming. You're allotted one musician. Who would you think? You had to pick for John. Who I, would you pick? Oh, oh, for John. Golly, it'd probably be somebody. Um, yeah, it is tough, but you know, it might be some old school kind of hip hop Beastie Boys kind of thing. Whoa. John would be like Jay Z. I mean, yeah, I if I was going to go that route, I'd probably say Jay Z. You know, that's probably what I would listen to the most in that genre. But then, yeah, I mean, I'll listen to, I listen to everything, man. Mozart, Coltrane. I'll go to Jane's Addiction. I'll go to the Beatles, the Stones. I'll go to Led Zeppelin. I'll go to, I mean, I'm all, Travis Scott. Uh, you know, I'm all over the board. It's just impossible for me to say that I would go to just this one particular thing. And especially like, cause some of our stuff is, is sonically inspired. And then I tend to go down that rabbit hole and I burn it out so much that I, I can never go back down that hole again. It's just, I, to this day, I, I very seldom listen to Kings of Leon or Led Zeppelin or, uh, you know, Johnny Cash. I mean, I, just, I tend to burn myself out on those things Wow. for the, wow. For the sake of the project. Although I Johnny Cash is our, yeah, I can't believe you're saying that about Cash. He's a little bit of our patron saint being that is. No, he is. Uh, He's in our office. Eight, by, like every an eight day. foot by 10 foot of him is looking at you as you're sitting at your desk every day. I, I literally <laughs> awesome. see Johnny. I see Johnny more than I see Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Johnny Cash, the only musician I will That's ever facts. karaoke if I have to karaoke. Oh yeah? The only now, no, see now that's interesting to me. I've done it. Hey. If I have to if I ever put in a position where I have to karaoke somewhere or I'm challenged, that's the only 
Yes, ring of fire, fire, right? Is that where you go uh, first? Ring, ring of, of fire, fire. Yeah. false imprisonment. I mean, it's the only one I will attempt to even carry wow. out. Wow. Okay. That's it. How about you, Abe? Walk Can you line. pick one? So I, so Eddie, we ran out of Eddie questions. So I wrote this, but obviously knowing crowned heads and and a little bit of research, ah, it's okay. Like I knew, Inside I God. knew that this would be a difficult question for you guys. So that's why we we like to pick these philosophical ones that kind of. This like is make actually the last episode of As the Record Spins. We will have a new audio segment, segment starting next week, um, a new themed uh, for this year. So that'll be, be exciting. We're working on the intro for it now, and uh, hopefully we'll have it up by. So you guys were actually the last guests to do the As the Record Spins, and we and we never pick a question that we won't answer ourselves, even though so let's we hear may it. reluctantly let's... answer it. So go ahead, Abe. What, what would you pick? Honestly, um, if there's one, th- it, it's really funny because I've always been a fan and my wife really got into it probably in the last year or two. I mean, we saw a concert a few years back, but she's really gotten into it. And um, now my kids are into it. My two oldest girls are very into them. And I just don't think I'll ever get tired of listening to Pink Floyd. Okay, I could see that. I could listen to Pink mm-hmm. Floyd hours on end we've let it just run in the house and um i mean it's really hard but it's just one that if if i look throughout my life going all the way back to high school that still finds its way to play regularly in my life it's probably pink floyd huh i don't i can't imagine only listening to that forever though I mean, uh, I mean, realistically, you can't really imagine listening to any one thing forever. But if I just well, look, true. if I look back in my life, that's the one band that constantly now is, especially now that it's bled into my wife and my two oldest girls, is just constantly being paid, played. Mine's obvious. Everybody knows what mine would be. I'm assuming Billy Joel. Billy Joel, hundred percent. I know the. <laughs> I know the every lyric to every song. It was part of my childhood. I'm a Long Island boy. I, I, uh, I give you a lot of respect just for having the courage to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I have it? I have. Oh, I didn't hang it up yet. In my, so I have a new office. So I have a I have a picture of him that he signed from. I guess I didn't hang it up yet, but I have a picture of him that'll be hanging in here. It'll be the only music thing other than a Disney album that somebody gave me. But uh, what Alex is the one I'm really curious about as well. So this, wait, so the question is. The, give me the question again. One okay, so, musician that you, you can only listen to for the rest of your life. All right, for the rest of my life. Not I'm like dying soon or it's just. No. Just... I mean, I'm a hip hop kid. I'm, I'm probably going like Biggie Smalls. Okay. You know. Born, born in 1972. Abe has Was been he? on a tear of 1972 facts lately. Because what happened was for my birthday party, they made a poster of all things 1972. So he's just been people, throwing it out. Yesterday, were I, born, we were talking chess, and he was like, Oh, yeah, Bobby Fischer, Boris Besky, 1972. That's like, the year Bobby Daddy, Fischer beat Boris Besky in chess. It's the first year the Price is Right. Bob Barker ever aired the first episode of Price is Right. I got all the facts. Wow. 1972. All right. So back to our, 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 Guests, a question for you guys. So TPE is coming up at the end of the month. Uh, do you guys go to the TPE? We do. You do? Okay. Yeah. And then we have the trade show. I'm curious for a company your size. Um, obviously, last year was the first trade show, and it's 
smaller format and everything. Do, do you find that it was more beneficial for your, a company your size, that smaller format for the trade show? I mean, do, do, do you feel it was more advantageous for crowned heads? Yeah, I mean, listen, we 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 had a record trade show. So, I mean, you know, we start with that. We did more business at the trade show. Your booth was very, very busy. In fact, yeah. I think you and I might try to get together once or twice. We, we couldn't even meet up during the show. Yeah, it was. We were we were pretty much jammed start to finish. So, yeah, for us, it was a good show. I felt like the size of the show uh, was pretty conducive to the amount of uh, retailers there. And it just worked. You know, it's um, it was there's no question it was a little condensed, but maybe a little more focused. And I think that the people that came to the show Obviously, they were coming off of a year being, you know, kind of isolated. So they were looking to interact with uh, with everybody out there. And I think uh, it worked, you know, it's um, size wise. It was good. And we. Like you say, we were busy the entire time, so I, I like the size. I think, you know, before it had gotten a little big where, you know, it just felt I don't want to say impersonal, but, you know, things spread out a little bit too far. Um, so, yeah, there's I've always had an argument. There's definitely a detriment, I had believed, as the footprint kept expanding, expanding, to being hard to create any kind of positive energy. You, you know I what I'm saying? It's, it, yeah. it's almost like a glass of water. If you have a glass of water, it's very sound. But if you just pour it on a desktop and it just rides, I mean, there's there's no functionality to it anymore. And I think it had gotten to that point where it really kind of just needed to get pruned down because it's very hard to kind of build up any kind of energy or feel or even kind of just like a presence when everything was so spread out because it really had gotten enormously huge. And especially the years where they, they were having the vape and the hookah companies in, holy cow, man, you needed like, like I literally needed like a cart or something just to get around. The, the show floor had gotten so big. Yeah, we, so, we feel the same way. It's the reason we, we kept our booth relatively small over the years because we like that. We like to create that exact same feel inside our own little space there. So I, I think you're exactly right. It's an optical illusion. So if you keep the booth 10 by 10, you get 20 people on there. It looks like you're like doing crazy <laughs> business. And so everybody thinks, oh, Crown Heads is very busy. So well, I, I, I think one of the things I noticed is you you could have not gone down probably about three, four years ago, you could have not gone down parts of the trade show floor in four days completely mm. and, have, and have avoided it. And I think this past year, there was really no way you really kind of at some point hit every corner, whether it was just walking around or getting from A to B, you kind of really hit every corner of the trade show floor, which I think is better for exhibitors. So, um, I mean, we actually stopped and saw people that we probably never would have stopped and talked to. Um, in the, in the smaller format. So it I'm makes it harder of, to avoid people though. It, if you're trying to avoid people, it, it does make <laughs> it harder to avoid people. It does. <laughs> hey, Abe, I've got a question for you on that same front. You guys just earlier talking about, uh, during the, the commercials talking about the virtual versus the in-person for, uh, for the event coming up. What do you, how do you see that rolling out? Are there more people that really want to want to engage with you guys virtually and what do you think that means for the future because that, that rolls on to a lot of what we all do so one thing one thing for us um you know covid for, especially for me personally was almost a kind of i, I kind of call it like a little renaissance period for me um it really changed in how we interact and how we reached out with our base and how we've connected with our fans and 
friends all over the country. Um, and I don't think for us, as far as events, we had some epic historical virtual events during COVID, but we also go went really out of our way not to, to truly try to make them stand out from anybody else doing that kind of stuff, you know, um, whether it be how we give away the events or prizes. We also spend a little more time in production value. I mean, this is the first time you guys probably have seen how KMA looks and you can see it, you know, we, we try to make it somewhat have a, a level of production that's clean and entertaining and has a good visual experience. So the, the as best I can do. As best you can do. Um, <laughs> as best we can pay for. So <laughs> for us, the main difference really came down to how many people that can be involved and reached and the door that opened to us virtually. And we've got a lot of praise by some of the stuff we've done over the last couple of years. And um, I, I don't see that changing because, uh, look, Alex will tell you, we, we are doubly ahead of where we normally are in, in, in live ticket sales. So this year, 100% is going to sell out. In fact, taking some live, we, we, we put up more virtual tickets for the Great Smoke coming up in February. We only have so many packages, so we literally had to take away from live ticket sales what was left of there and move that over. Um, but, you know, one of the things that really we got bombarded with, Mike, was emails from people who said, look, we don't live anywhere near where these kind of mega multi-vendor crazy events happen. We can't take time off of work. We can't, you know, travel and spend the money to come down to an event. So please, you know, we hope you continue to do these virtual events. So that was one of our biggest tasks because we knew we always, the Great Smoke was always going to come back to a live physical event. That was never going to go away for us because the production value and what we do, you know, it's hard to say we're not going to do that anymore because that's really the major excitement but we were definitely poised to say hey look we're going to make extra packages this year and it was a hard year to ask manufacturers to for more cigars as you guys know man it's it's everybody's still having production and shortages and issues so um it was really nice for the, the manufacturers to step up and allow us to get more cigars for this event and we allocated a chunk of them to people virtually and it sold out. So, I mean, that tells you right there, Mike, I mean, people are, are people, there, there's a, I don't think it'll ever go back from not, um, I, I think as a retailer, anybody who's watching this as a retailer or whatever, if you don't find a way to connect virtually with your consumers, um, you're really missing out on a lot of interaction and, and, and just, just emotions with your base. So I, I don't think we'll ever go back to not having a virtual component to, to the Great Smoke. Um, our big task was, you know, last year was all on a set. And I don't know if you guys saw any parts of it, but it was all on a set. And it was flat and it was easy. This year, it's kind of like we have a studio and then we have a live. So there's going to be a lot of going back and forth. And our challenge is we want to make sure or do the best we can so that the people who are home enjoying it or wherever they're at, their friend's house, wherever, can somewhat feel like they're actually there. But I, I don't see it. I don't, I, I, I think the people who will continue to grow and and connect with their consumers are the people who really kind of embrace this now virtual side. I mean, look, somebody was asking me the other day, 
I think it was Marvin, actually. Marvin thought he was going to come up to go to a studio because last time he did KMA, we were doing it in a studio. You know, we haven't been in a studio since, since iHeartMedia kicked us out during COVID. I mean, they literally called us on a Wednesday and said, you can't come to the building Saturday. I don't think we're ever going to go back to a studio. I mean, the, 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 the format of our show has evolved. We've got the production value, so it doesn't look so flat or plain. we got good intros and videos to incorporate the quality of production. But now, where what are, what are the odds I'm going to get you or John here or together or down here or one of you on a Saturday where we could have you on KMA? Now it's, look, we could have guests on anytime we want as long as they got a phone or a laptop and they're willing to you know, hop on on a Saturday morning. It's made so much easier for us to get in guests. So, yeah, I, I don't see it going back. I mean, I, I'd feel bad for anybody who thinks it's just going to go back to normal. And I don't think, I think there's parts of society in the world that's just never going to go back to normal. It is. It has helped us immensely. Normal. That's what it is. It it has helped us immensely with guests too, though. I mean, was Carlito ever on the show before Abe? Early on, when we were still, we were like an hour long show. But now he really doesn't spend a lot of time here, so it's hard. And when he is here, he's he's jam packed. He doesn't have two hours to give to us when he's here. If if we had to bring him into a studio, we had him virtually. uh, You know, people in different. I mean, we've had several guests in different countries. Uh, at this point, and it, and the the quality is there. I mean, what, what Lido was on the show virtually, AJ was on the show. Like we've we've had, it it has helped us in all honesty. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the the hybrid works uh, for the people that are actually live. Do they will they interact at all with the the virtual consumers at the Great Smoke, or just well, you people, guys? The people at home will be watching it like they're watching the New Year's Eve, you know, Seacrest show you know they'll just be watching it there'll be some social media components where they could probably interact a little bit but they'll just be watching it michael herklotz is coming down and and co-hosting again which is you know honestly for us one of the biggest assets of the virtual component he's he's the immaculate host but you know last year was very simple because we had a, a set and there were no hard breaks so if we went long we went long we cut short somewhere else it just flowed organically this year being that there's going to be live components, whether it be the fire dancers or the drum players or the hula, there's live performances, interactions. Everything has to be timed better because it's going to go from, if you're at home watching, it's going to go from Michael Herklotz to something going on at an event floor and then back to Michael Herklotz and back to, you know, event floor. And in fact, Paul's one of our floor correspondents, him and the beautiful Kim Keeney. I mean, we, we literally, if you want to talk about beauty, we went in the two furthest opposite parts of the spectrum between Kim and Paul. I need but, to get her the, the matching. She can have the beauty one. I'll have Yes. But, you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll be basically our floor correspondents with remote camera guys, and Michael will be going back and forth with them to broadcast what's going on live on the floor. So, um, look, we like to continue to challenge ourselves. So, I mean, last year was a challenge within itself. And after the feedback and response, we just had to figure out a way to try to incorporate doing both this year. And once again, it's just a matter of reach. We're going to reach about 500 people who would can't make it down or can't come down or would never be able to come down. And they'll be able to participate virtually. So um, I just think as the future moves on, it's just going to be a matter of the, the logistics of limiting the amount of packages and how many packages we can make annually and how many we could pack and ship out. But um, we're excited about this year. Um, we're excited to see how it goes. I mean, look, for us, 
when we constantly do this thing, it's like doing it again for the first time. So um, I, I think it's going to be well received. Look, it all comes down to what the final execution is going to be. And, you know, I hate technology because it's like hostage, you know. Something goes down on a broadcast, it's like we have no control of it. So that's always my fear in, in stuff like this. But, you know, after last year and doing what we did, um, and, and, you know, last year we couldn't do it at the fairgrounds. So we were at a, a, a American Polish club that they made a beautiful set, but they don't have, it, it's a volunteer place. And, so, you know, they, they don't have resources. The fairgrounds got everything because, you know, you need special Wi-Fi. You need a whole lot of stuff. Last year we had to pay $4,000 for one day of Wi-Fi. Wow. You know, for the broadcast, yeah. So crazy stuff, but exciting, and we hope to make a little bit of a history again. Yep, interesting, for sure. The weighing in happens before the dinner. <laughs> so look, that being said, guys, anything you could share with our fans, some cool stuff you guys are working on this year. Tell us a little bit about Ace Prime and 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 and, and the relationship you guys have, because that was one of that was a new experience for me at the trade show when I came to your booth, learning about them and, and your relationship with them. Tell our fans a little bit about what's that company. John, you want to jump in on that one? I will, but I'm, I'm going to preface it by saying that I just got the thing on my phone since I got 10% power left on my battery. I was hoping to get my laptop here, but that didn't happen because I'll show you guys. We are actually literally, if you can see that, we're snowed in. Oh, wow. so I, I do not miss yeah. that weather, brother. Yikes. Yeah, so I wasn't able to get back to the office last two days. So I'm, I'm going off of the cell phone. I got 10% left. So let me answer your question quickly. Um, in 2017. In 2017, um, we were at the trade show, speaking of the trade show, and our national sales manager, uh, we had just hired Miguel Chaudel, wanted to make an introduction. Uh, some guy wanted to give us samples. And, you know, that's part and parcel of the trade show. You network, you get samples. And most of the time, you just, you know, shake hands. Thank you so much. Da, 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 da. Well, these particular samples look very good, very promising. And, and I remember next morning I at the trade show floor, I smoked it one of them and i was like wow this is really good you know can but the question always becomes is this just like a one-shot thing or can they make this on a regular basis so we took a meeting we met them we met luciano we met radio pichardo and that was the introduction that's how it all started in, in july of 17. um and then our first foray with them actually became uh juarez and the way juarez came into play was we had or still do have a german distributor and they wanted us to do a private label for them um and you know i was sending them blends back and forth and they they every one of them thumbs down i said what is it that you guys are looking for and they said we'd like something similar to jericho hill I said, okay so i go back to luciano and say hey if you want to work with us here's your chance can you do a riff on this blend so they sent me some blends and i pick one of them and it becomes what ultimately came Juarez, but ironically, Germany passed on it. They said, no, this is no good. Said, okay, great, fine. Wow. So I put Germany on the back burner. <laughs> now Mike comes to me and says, hey, Thompson Cigar, if you guys remember them, catalog uh, wants us to do a catalog exclusive. Do you have anything that might fit the bill? I said, yeah, I've got this blend that I think is exceptional that we can probably put in there. We did, gave it to them. They sat on it for like the better part of a year. We go to the trade show in 19 and literally at the 11th hour, I said, let's bring Juarez to the trade show and let's start selling it. And we had no marketing collateral. We had nothing. I said, just, I told the sales guys, give a sample to your, your retailer. And 
So I'm, see what they think and then take an order. And we just went off like gangbusters. So that was that's how it all got started, really, was with Juarez. And then uh, we've been working on that first sample I told you I smoked back in 17, ultimately became Mildeus after a lot of twists and turns. And oh. Did I lose you guys? For a second. You're back. So is there anything, um, Mike, that you could share with our listeners going into 2022? Uh, any cool projects or stuff that you want to promote or bring some attention to? We're actually working. Obviously, you know, we're like everybody. We're working on what the year looks like from the standpoint of uh, launches at the trade show and so forth. None of that stuff is really put to bed. I mean, it's uh, we're going to have some, like always, we'll have a few LEs that will come out between here and uh, summertime. We we're we I think uh, this would be for John. I don't know if he's still on there or not, but I think we finalized the blend for the the blend for uh, Los Calaveras for 2022. And uh, that's in production, so that that will be something exciting for the new year. That's that probably will that probably will be available sometime, um, you know, in that kind of May June format. Usually, is when that comes out. So um, for us, it's really that, that's that's kind of where we are at the stage. Um, a lot of development stuff going on, laying out the factory plans for this year, and getting ready for what will come uh, mid year. Cool. All right. Well, listen, uh, it's that time every week where we uh, bring in our uh, KMA contributor to find out uh, what's going on in the cigar industry. It's time for the scoop with Coop. Hey, y'all, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Koopa. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. What's going on, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It seems like it's forever. How are you feeling? And happy birthday, by the way. Feeling very good. And thank you very much, pal. I yeah. appreciate well, it. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the 5 L club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure it's that celebratory of a moment, but yeah, we are there. <laughs> hey, Mike, how's it going today? Good morning. He might not heard you. That was to you, Mike. Yeah. Oh, he might be on mute. I'm working. Uh, yeah. I, got, I got. We got. Listen, our, at our house, we have a new puppy uh, since Christmas, and uh, he's going crazy in the other part of the house. So I thought you guys could hear it. I muted myself. I'm doing great. Coop. Nice to see you. Happy New Year. Happy Year, Mike. So, Coop, Same what is the scoop, buddy? All right. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but there's some stories that kind of happened at the end of the year and the beginning of the year. And the first one I have is from uh, early this year. I keep to hear. Um, it was like one of the worst kept secrets, I think, out there. But um, there was a uh, today. We got word this week that there is a cigar line coming from Espinosa being done with Guy Fieri, called the Knuckle Sandwich. Um, it's actually a uh, a two blend line consisting of a uh, of a natural and an oscuro. Um, and Knuckle Sandwich is the name, from what I understand, of Guy Fieri's lifestyle brand. And Eric Eric Espinosa and Guy Fieri have been running around together for the better part of the past year. They've been all over social media, so it, it, like I said, it really wasn't a surprise. He was at the virtual Lazona Palooza, so I think folks knew this was coming. 
Um, and um, so, yeah, the, this is going to be, from what I understand, a regular production line uh, coming into play. Um, and you'll see these cigars probably towards the end of February. Uh, they'll be available in three sides, Corona Gorda, Robusto, and Toro. And um, so, so something interesting. And that, that packaging looked really nice when uh, I started seeing the cigars pop up this week. They look really nice on there. I'm sharing the stick right now. But, yeah, he but, was here. I I actually got to uh, smoke both this week, and both really good cigars. So, yeah, Paul must be, Paul must be petting the dog or something because he can't change the camera angles. No, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to download your picture, and then Coop sent pictures at the same time. Oh, there you go. So, so that's it. You know, he kind of did this retailer swing through South Florida, uh, which again, when you start dealing with the celebrities, and I've dealt with some celebrities, Paul, you've dealt with them. The cigar world is very different for them, so to speak. So that's 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 highly unusual to see a guy like a Guy Fieri go around from retail shop to retail shop like he did over the last week. Well, I'll tell you something, Alex. I'll tell you, we we were his first stop that day. They were here like at nine in the morning. He spent at least a couple hours here. Yeah. Um, super down to earth guy. He actually FaceTimed with my daughter and invited yeah, her out to you know what his show broadcast in April because um, Petra's such a foodie. We were talking about it. But uh, he is very much um, committed to the, the not just the brand of the cigar, but the lifestyle. He's an avid cigar guy. Um, he just bought a home here in, in Lake Worth, Florida. And um, uh, he's trying to maneuver because he is the, I guess, the featured chef at the Food and Wine Festival that's in Miami, mm -hmm. the day of the Great Smoke. And he's actually maneuvering to try to make an early guest appearance to spend some time with the people coming down for the Great Smoke. And then get to Miami in time. So, oh wow, yeah, he's still working on it, but he he doesn't have this disconnect or like I want to be in the cigar community from far away. He seems to be very committed to being involved in the community. So, um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the cigar was fantastic. We, we... Uh, everyone I've talked to who've had the cigars has been saying rave reviews on this cigar. So uh, yeah. Hector and Eric and the team did a great job on that. Yeah, so, so no, Tim, it's not a limited run. It's going to be a regular production project. I mean, they yeah. get some limited releases of it, but uh, it's launching in two wrappers in, in full production. Yep, yep. So uh, if I said end of February, which is right around Great Smoke time, you should start seeing these. Hopefully, yep. I think we may have some for the Great Smoke. There you go. Mm. What else you got going on, Coop? Um, if you're a Davidoff fan, uh, the first Davidoff release of 2022 has been announced. Paul, I, these are the pictures I just sent you too. Um, it's called the Davidoff Winston Churchill Limited Edition 2022. Um, so, yep, so they've been, uh, Winston Churchill the last couple of years, actually this is the fourth time they've done a limited edition. They tend to do these at the beginning of the year to kick things off. Um, what's kind of different about this cigar um, in the Winston Churchill line is it's a Perfecto. So they haven't done a Perfecto since they've rebranded the Winston Churchill line. Um, so it's something really cool that, that you'll see there. It's, like, it's an unusual size. It's like a five and seven eighths by 61. So it's not your like regular size perfecto. Uh, Davidoff saying the cigar combines a lot of the elements of the core Davidoff Winston Churchill line and the late hour, uh, Winston Churchill line, um, which is, which is pretty cool. The other thing is that they're releasing a, uh, a special, a cutter, which I thought the cutter was really cool looking. Uh, it's a, cutter that looks like winston churchill's pocket watch um so that um there it is yeah i thought that was oh, really cool. cool yeah i don't have pricing on that unfortunately but i was like i looked at that i'm like that is really cool that's something different there um it won't be cheap 
I, I know it won't be cheap. <laughs> neither, will, neither will that Perfecto. Um, I think that's going to be plus $30 from what I don't have a final price on that, but that's what I've seen uh, it's going to be, it looks like. So, and in the box itself, I didn't send Paul the box picture. The box is meant to look like Winston Churchill's um, briefcase. So, I think pretty exciting. Uh, Winston Churchill's been a pretty good, I think, uh, dab it offline over the past few years. So I think that's going to sell really well. Awesome. Anything else going on? A uh, couple of other just notes I'll make. Uh, Altidus uh, announced a, a new H. Upman cigar with A.J. Fernandez, the H. Upman Nicaragua A.J. Fernandez Heritage. Uh, that's a cigar that is going to be uh, – what I'll just go through quick. Brazilian Matafina wrapper, and it's a cigar that's going to make its debut at the TPA trade show in Las Vegas. So uh, they'll be showcasing that. Um, you'll also see kind of under Tabacalera USA, they have a couple of releases that they're going to be distributing through Santa Clara. There's the uh, Monte Cristo <coughs> Volume 2 Rendezvous and the uh, a new Rocky Patel Freedom uh, Maduro. So Freedom is a line that was around for Rocky Patel for a long time, and Santa Clara is distributing that, so you'll, you'll see those two cigars as well. All right. Does that wrap it up for the week? Um, yep, yeah, that wraps up for a week. All right. If anybody wants to catch more news, please visit cigar-coop.com. Always rumor and teaser free. All right. Cool all day. Let's hey, wait, see. Coop. Quickly, Coop. If you if you had to pick one band, because you're a, you're you have that jukebox show. If you had to pick oh, yeah. one band or or musician to listen to for the rest of your life, who would it be? Well, now I got to say Cheap Trick, right? Because uh, his son's on our team. Rick Nielsen, the founder go. of Cheap Trick Sons on our team. But, and I will say that because I, lo- I always typical, love Cheap Trick. In typical Coop cop out fashion. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the two, the, the band, the band probably listens to the rest of my life uh, is in excess, uh, the Australian band. Um, oh, wow. Just right. love that band. I was, I was a fan of that band before they hit it big and uh, was heartbroken when the lead singer Michael Hutchins died. It was, a, it was the saddest day of like a celebrity dying for me. So, yeah. Huh. Had some deaths this week, celebrity deaths, John Madden and Betty White. Yeah, I saw Betty, that. Betty White died three days short of her 100th birthday. But in her sleep, if you're going to go, man, that's the way to go. Oh, yeah. Well, yesterday, um, Sydney Poitier. Oh, yes, I didn't hear that. Yesterday. That's right. I was yeah. trying to remember I knew it was somebody. I actually yeah. did not know he was still alive. I, I didn't know he was 94. I was surprised he was 94. Huh. Well, listen, let's stop beating around the bush here. Because you boys have a big day today. Yeah. This is a, a big moment in the show, a big moment in this segment. Abe, you ready to hit the tail of the tape, the finale? Let's see the tail of the tape, season three, the season finale. Here we go. Season finale. Number one mafia movie of all time. I'm going to jump right into it. For me, it is Casino. Casino, in a nutshell, is take the entire cast of Goodfellas, add people like Sharon Stone and the great Don Rickles, and throw them all in Vegas. 
Um, just a great, great movie. Uh, tells true story of the mob basically at their biggest in Vegas and pretty much how they fucked it all up. Um, great movie, full of one-liners, full of great scenes. Long movie, um, which I personally enjoy longer movies. But definitely my my number one pick, and I'll discuss it later, but I would remiss if I didn't mention that this didn't even make Coop's top 10 list. Go ahead, Coop. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. All right. All right, I had unmute twice. Um, mine, mine is The Godfather. Um, that is, I think, the uh, movie that you measure all mafia movies under. Uh, look, it's a great story. It's the story of an aging uh, Don. And then who's going to take over for him? There's just some iconic characters in that movie. All the way from the Don Vito Corleone character to Sonny to Mo Green to Fredo. I mean, you, you have it all there. Um, the scene at the toll booth, in my opinion, is one of the greatest movie scenes of all time. Um, it's kind of, uh, you know, the impulsive Sonny trying to go get revenge, and he gets blown off, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, just just an amazing movie. Amazing movie. I, I don't get tired of watching that movie. No, absolutely. I mean, listen, you know, even though it's number three on my list, my son is literally named after Sonny and the Godfather. So. Uh, a great and a great name. A great name. You know, I have an expression... Alex, uh, so my, my friend Tony told me this expression with that Tobu scene. He told me, he said, don't be impulsive. Don't be like Sonny because Sonny was impulsive and he got blown away at the Tobu's. He goes, be patient like Michael and you'll live a long life. So I kind of lived my life to that. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. All right, Coop, but let, let, let's get into it. Let's get yeah. into it. How, how the hell, how does Casino not even make I'm, your list? I'm going to tell you how Casino doesn't make his Joe Pesci, pull, I know how. He pull, hates pull, Joe No, Pesci. no, screw that. Pull up the list. Pull up the list, Paul. So I got to tell you, Alex, I'm pretty on point with you. Love all your picks. Um, but I, I, I got to tell you, you got three Godfathers in your top ten. There's three so, movies. But there's three movies. Top out. That, that's why that, I combined that, one and the best Godfather you put that in the top ten. How did the, the fact that Casino didn't make your top ten. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, I have seen a movie, and you know what? It, 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 it's out. It was out, and it, it's, it's probably one I can make an argument. Man, I fucked that one up. So I'm not, I'm not even going to argue that. I was thinking that because huh. I messaged Alex on that one. I'm like, yeah, I knew yeah, I had yeah. messed this one up, and I knew what his number one was going to be. But, um, I mean, it's in kind fact, of in that really 6 funny. to 10 just, range for me. We just watched this uh, yeah. on accident. It was just on, like, yeah. last week. My wife and I ended up watching those. It's one of those movies that if you're flipping through the thing yeah. and it comes on, you get Always caught watch watching it. it. Oh, Had I combined the Godfathers like Alex did, it would have been on it. And I didn't. Well, you could have. That was. Or you could have removed the non-mob movie Scarface. Well, <laughs> you, I, if you guys want to say, I, yeah. but it is a great movie. It's one that is a glaring omission on my list. I ain't even gonna argue. Fantastic movie. Um, I mean that movie's been out for about twenty-five years because I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah. So I, I mean, Don Rickles in that movie. Oh, oh my I God, did he's amazing. He's in a mob movie. Just... My, my father's a huge Don Rickles fan, so I've watched this movie with him as well. Um, you know, and you he know, just really appreciates it. Reason... I never got to watch them live, but I remember when I, being up at 3 a.m., You would there was, like, these infomercials on of the old roasts. Yeah. And, like, he was, like, the king. He was oh. the best. His, he his was... stand-up is amazing. The, the, yeah. the guy was – the guy's a legend. Again, back to my dad, he normally would not go to a live concert, many live concerts or comedians. But when we got him Don Rickles tickets, uh, that was the one thing he just couldn't wait to go. He was a huge Don Rickles fan, my dad. I don't know if you saw the comments, but Marcus Wood just confused Lefty Rosenthal with Lou Rothman. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. 
That's funny. Lou Rothman now is a point uh, splicer. Um, that that's actually very very funny. Um, when did Don? First off, I got to see Don Rickles live at the Kravitz Center down here. That's it was cool. great, great show. Um, for whatever reason, the scene that sticks out to me the most of Don Rickles because if you watch it, it's such a weird face he makes. But when when Joe Pesci is having his hissy fit at the casino playing blackjack, losing tens of thousands of dollars, and he's throwing the cards, and then he beats Don Rickles up with the phone, and Don Rickles is face down. Right before the scene cuts, he rolls over, and look at the face he makes. He's like, it's so fucking funny. I don't know if he was trying to be funny or what, but if you watch that scene, look at the face that Don Rickles makes when he rolls over. It's such an odd face. It's not a face he'd have. It was so... it was such. Oh, a I think I got it. I think if, if, I got look, it. you're laughing. It's such a weird... And it, it struck me the day I saw the movie and every time I watch the movie, I look for that scene because it's just such a weird rollover yep. shot. Yep, yep. Little Joe Pesci disrespecting <laughs> Don Rickles. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> and right before that, he's face down and he rolls over and makes that face like at the last minute. Right before the scene cuts. It's so funny. Look at him. He's old there, and that was 25 years ago. Yeah, he right. – Don Rickles only died like about five years ago. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he lived a very full life. I mean, I think he lived into his 90s. That's cracking me up right now. <laughs> All right. In our traditional oh, fashion, let's wind up these two hours in the same way we do almost, almost every week with uh, this week and 2022's first edition of Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. (laughs) By the way, Alex, I don't know if you noticed Nate Walker's comment in the comments. I didn't see it. So I have to apologize in advance because I did not prep or read this. So here we go. You want me to read it? No, no, I'll read it. Okay. Here we go in this week. I just don't know if it's any good. So here's this week's edition of the Cigar and Sale. Sorry, this week's inductee is taking marketing skills <laughs> to a whole new level. A UK-based bachelor is so desperate to find a partner, he spent several hundred pounds on multiple billboards in an attempt to get the word out. Save me from an arranged marriage, read a giant 20-foot ad of the 29-year-old Mohammed Malik, currently up on at least three billboards across Birmingham. The posters also feature the website Malik set up for internet that leads on love. Findmalikawife.com. That is pretty freaking funny. Um, Hi, I'm Malik. You may see my face on a billboard somewhere. <laughs> The uh, consultant's website, that's what, I guess, greets visitors to his website. I'm 29 and live in La Vida, London. I'm an entrepreneur and a foodie, and I'm religious. His current loves include food, quality conversation, and learning about his faith. We should see if uh, we can set him up with the Brewmeister. Um, (laughs) I'm looking for someone who's working on her dean. Is that religion? That's religion. Yeah, it's a Muslim Yeah, that's the... That's the Arabic word for religion. Well, 
I guess that's one way to stand out in front of a crowd to find, find your partner. Congratulations, Muhammad. You are this week's inductee in the cigar. Insane. Look at his look at his position. Look at it. <laughs> he should have used this. Yes. He would have been better off. Mike, thank you so much. You, I know you guys don't do a lot of interviews and broadcasts. Thank you for coming on. Please uh, send our regards to John. We understand his yep. own died. I've been on the other end of that situation. No, no, we're, so, we're glad to be here. It was, it was fun to spend a Saturday with you guys. And listen, uh, 10 years of it, we appreciate your support down there. Absolutely. Look forward looking, to more forward of it. To, looking forward to a great year with you guys. Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, Coop, once again, thank you for your contribution thank you. this week. Always a pleasure. Yep. Uh, you guys will be working on what you're going to do for season four. That'll come out in two weeks. We'll start season four of Tale of the Tape. Find out what we'll probably hopefully next week we'll announce what the new season will be. Other than that, we wish everybody a happy and healthy 2022 new year. We hope to spend a lot more Saturdays with you in the upcoming year. Until then, until next week, keep it lit. <laughs>